time for State of Play with David Adam, brought to you by Tri-City Sports in the Main Center at 6th and Main and by Excel Performance Health and Wellness at 8th and State. Here's David Adam. Yes, this is David Adam, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the editor here at Muddy River News. Uh, I've also coached youth sports teams for the better part of four decades, um, but one of the sports that I have never tried and I'm sure today's uh, guest will tell me that it's never too late to try. I'm going to question him about his sanity about that. However, we're going to talk today about martial arts, and joining me is Robert Bentley of Legacy Martial Arts. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. I love I love this setup, and, and uh, I'm excited for this podcast. I've gotten to listen to a couple so far, and, Good. and I'm loving it. Good. I'm glad you like it. Well, I... Tell the listeners about your background in the martial arts and what you do at Legacy. Absolutely. So um, I started in martial arts whenever I was 10 years old, and I did that right across the river. I grew up in Hannibal, Missouri, and so I'm, I, I like to say that I'm locally grown, uh, but I'm also well-traveled. I joined the Army uh, whenever I was 17 and, and was a split op, so um, got to travel a little bit and that kind of opened up my eyes to martial arts that I had done Taekwondo my whole childhood, but hadn't done much outside of that. Um, and army combatives does a great job of, uh, of introducing you to, to maybe some new things. And then fresh out of that, did a little MMA and that got me involved in jujitsu as well. So at legacy, we have Taekwondo and jujitsu and we love them both. We, we absolutely see the benefits and the the pros that we can get from both worlds, and uh, but it's been almost thirty years now that I've been training, and I have students that even whenever I was a teenager in the area teaching, um, started with me then. So I have students that have been with me for eighteen years or twenty years, and that's really cool too because now I'm starting to get kids and even grandkids of students that I've had in the past. So let's get to the grandkids and the kids. Is there a the right age for you to, 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 for your, as a parent to look at your child and go, I think you need to try the martial arts. Is there a, a proper time? Yeah, we, we often say that the right age is right now, uh, that, that any age is great. And, and you mentioned at the beginning that I, would, that I would argue that it's never too late to start. But we don't start before age four. Okay. In Taekwondo. Because one of my next questions is, how early is too early? Right. We have a four to six-year-old program. In fact, my middle child is four. He just turned four in March, and he just started. And he's doing great. He's actually kind of the proof that we shouldn't start earlier than that. And, and, uh, and he's doing fantastic. A lot of our students were like, hey, are you going to start your kid early? Are you going to have him start when he's three? And, and my wife and I are both grateful that we didn't because there's – uh, a little bit of maturity that has to happen before kids uh, can start to learn focus. They're not at four. They're still not the most focused, but, but it's a great <laughs> time to learn that. And our instructors are incredible. So Mr. Howerton that teaches most of our tiny tiger classes, which is the four to six year old sure. program. He started with me when he was eight and he's 26. Now I probably messed that up. I think he's 26 and, <laughs> and, you know, and he, last night, he had a class of over 40, four to six-year-olds. That's a phenomenal number. And, and they were focused. They stayed on their spots. It was structured. It was 30 minutes of, of just them locked in on him. 
And when you go watch, so our four-year-old is also trying other sports right now. Sure. He's trying soccer and things like that. And, and you, at four years old, you see the chaos that happens on the baseball field. Oh, yeah. and, the, and, and we love it. It's great that they're, they're still learning skills there. But martial arts provides a structure that you won't see anywhere else. It's incredible. There have to be, I, I'm going to guess there's probably a handful of kindergarten teachers out there in Quincy who are listening to you say that somebody had a room full of 44-year-olds focused and on task for 30 minutes, and they're going, Shh, how did you do that? No, they, they know because they've seen it. We're actually extremely involved in the school system here. And okay. so we go to every one of the schools. This last year was tough because of COVID. Sure. We, didn't, we didn't get to go in person as much. Um, but even at the end of the year, we had uh, PTOs inviting us to, to come in and do end-of-the-year things. But typically, in a, in a standard school year, we're at some schools once a month. And, and we, will, we will have an auditorium full of kids that are locked in and focused too. And um, it, actually at Quincy Conference a few years ago, we got asked if we could come in and teach some of the class management skills mm -hmm. that we use. We have a, a system called the 10 class management skills that we actually developed and teach to teachers in the community so that they can learn how to get students to focus better during a class. So why should my child... Regardless of age, 4, 6, 10, 15, why should they try martial arts? I'm going to guess that the answer may differ from age to age. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of kids initially just want to learn how to kick and punch. For me, it was I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. Like I'm of that generation where I, I was like, that's what I want to do. But what, what parents love is that instantly they see the structure. So they see their kids start to learn discipline. But on top of that, they, then they see their children start to become more respectful because of the way that we move on command and we answer up. We say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. We, we praise and encourage following directions quickly. And we do that with a system that we call highlighting students. So sometimes that's as simple as, hey, everybody, look at Johnny. I love how he's sitting like a black belt right now. And then all of a sudden that gets all of the other kids to want to do that too mm -hmm. because Johnny got positive reinforcement. He got attention for doing something good instead of constantly going, hey, I need you to sit still. So look at me or stop that. doing that, right? That happens all the time. Um, and so parents see those benefits early on, but long-term the benefits that parents see our perseverance, that their kids don't give up because there are going to be days where they go, I don't want to go to karate. And, and every parent's going to struggle with that. The best parents say, look, I understand, but today's Tuesday and this is the day that we go. So we're getting in the car. We're going, that was my mom. Get your butt in the car. We're going to class anyways. <laughs> um, and typically what I remember from my childhood is I would say that because I was playing with the neighbor kids and I didn't want to stop playing. Once I got to class, I was fine. And at the end of the class, I felt great. So long-term there's that perseverance because you get to teach your child commitment, mm -hmm. but even more importantly is the confidence building that we do. Long-term it's the fact that children will develop a sense of uh, self-esteem and they'll believe in themselves with humility. They know that, that there's always someone out there that's better than you. So it's in, in, in martial arts that that's a, a real test that it, it, someone out there can always kick you in the head. <laughs> how, how often do you should, if, if you're going to learn the martial arts properly, 
how much time should I expect as a parent to have my child come to classes or practice at home? What, what kind of time commitment are you sure. talking about? Most of our students attend twice a week, and that's it. And that's that's, But they do that year-round. It's not a seasonal sport. It's, it's something that they can do for their entire life. So most of them come twice a week. We have students that travel over an hour away because we're in such a rural area that, that students come from Rushville or we, we even have students from Shelbina, Missouri that drive over. So they might only come once a week. So then we do expect them to practice a little bit at home since they're not coming to class as often. And then after a few years, if they become a black belt and they want to stick with it, they may train three or four times a week. Um, and that's totally up to the student. We have black belts who still just train twice a week. And then we have high level competitors that they might be at the gym more than I am even. Um, in fact, next week we have uh, Taekwondo world championships in Phoenix. We have about 20 students going to that. We have wow. 12 students that qualified in the top 10 in the nation, which from little old Quincy, Illinois is insane. That's the most that we've ever had sure. by far. And, and we're really excited for that. But those students might train, three, four, five days a week. That's not typical, though. The average is twice a week. Before I forget, let's take a, a, a short break to let our listeners know about our sponsors. Uh, first, Tri-City Sports is not just a soccer store. You can find the best selection of your Quincy High School and Quincy Notre Dame fanware to root on your favorite team in the store at 535 Main in the Main Center. Need screen-printed apparel for your business, organization, fundraiser, or sports team? Call them for details at 217-224-2489. And they still also carry all of your soccer needs. And no matter the age or fitness level, Excel Performance Health and Wellness has a program for you. It offers a youth sports development class, a sports enhancement program, personal training, and online training. They create custom programs that will give you the best results you're looking for. Contact Excel at 217-214-3482. One of the things that I wanted to be sure for you to explain to the listeners is there are so many different kinds of martial arts. The name of your business just says legacy martial arts, right. but there's jujitsu, Tai Chi, Muay Thai, karate, right. take, exactly Taekwondo. Right. Try if you can to explain the differences between them, what you offer and, and how do I know which one I want to try? Absolutely. We, we offer Taekwondo and jujitsu. And that is more probably just because of my experience and my background that those are the things that I'm the most involved in. And so I wouldn't want to teach something that I, I don't consider myself qualified to teach. And I think sometimes in the martial arts world that happens. So martial artists get excited to learn something new. And I, and I always tell our students, we should, uh, our black belt should always be a white belt in something. Always learn something new. Always look at the, you know, if you haven't done sword training, do that. If you haven't done Muay Thai, do that. Try these things. But if we want to teach it, we want to make sure that we have a long-term plan for it. So the differences are Taekwondo, Karate, um, even Kung Fu. Those all are names that just come from different cultures or different countries. Karate being Japanese, Taekwondo being Korean, Kung Fu being Chinese. And they all are stand-up arts. So kicking and punching, and, and when you think of karate, that's, that's taekwondo. That's, that's very similar. It just comes from a different area of the world. Jiu-jitsu is a lot more like wrestling. It's, there's takedowns like judo. 
There, there are um, grappling techniques that we do on the ground, and then it's submission grappling. What I love about the fact that a lot of our students do both with us is that they they get a good, well-rounded martial arts experience. They they learn some lessons on what to do if the fight is standing, and then also what to do if the fight is on the ground. So, from a self-defense perspective, it they become well-rounded. Most of our students don't train for self-defense; they train because it's fun. Right. So. But I also don't ever want to have a black belt that would get their butt kicked on the playground. Like I want, I want to protect them and I don't want to give them false hope. I don't want them to think, oh yeah, I could, I could fight anybody in the world and I'd be fine. That's, that's, um, and, I, and I think sometimes that's a trap that people can fall into as well. Well, you talked earlier about yourself when you said why you got, you know, how you got involved as a child. But when children learn the martial arts, they're going to be taught how to punch another yes. kid they're going to be taught how to kick another kid they're going to be taught to wrestle with another kid how do you channel those aggressive acts into a positive way as opposed to you know go beat that kid up sure. it's more it's how do, how do you so, make it positive so i mentioned earlier that we're really involved in the school system and that was something that we had to address as we got more involved in schools is that i don't want to teach kids how to punch each other while they're at school that's <laughs> That's a little counterproductive. Mr. Bentley <laughs> told me I can yeah, hit that kid he in the said, face. Yeah, he said it's okay. No. Um, one of the things that we've gotten really creative with is tying in life skills to every single lesson that we do. So a kick, even though it is used for self-defense, is also great for developing balance. It's great for developing core strength. It's great for developing a lot of physical attributes that actually have nothing to do with self-defense. And so along the way, you, you obtain this level of fitness, which is really... I've, I've maybe had three or four students who have ever had to use their martial arts in a serious situation to protect themselves. There's, there's this Chinese proverb that says, better to be a gardener, uh, uh, to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Um, I, I hope that our students have self-defense if they need it, and I hope that they never need it. But I hope that they continue with the life skills forever that they learn along the way. And and for a lot of our parents that, especially moms that start, I and, don't want my baby I, to get hit. And I listened to Spence Shelp on here a few, a few weeks ago, and you guys were talking about football Absolutely. and, and a lot of moms are going to have concerns as they should with, okay, how hard is my kid going to get hit? All of our beginner students don't spar. They don't put gear on and they don't hit each other for a minimum of six to eight months when they start. No one is sparring. They have to learn the basics first. They have to understand what a punch looks like, the proper technique, more for the safety of themselves than for the safety of others. Because uh, if you watch MMA, if, if, you, if you see in the mixed martial arts world, most injuries have to do with the hands of people punching. Um, I know that, that uh, just in the, a couple weeks ago, in, the last, in one of the last UFC events, there were like four broken hands and one event that happened all because of the safety of the fighter who was actually striking. So if our students don't have a good base, they're actually more of a danger to themselves than they are anyone else. So first there's, there's six to eight months of just basics so that you don't hurt yourself, but, but then you also learn self-control and you learn um, how, to, how to spar with someone. We have a sparring class set up separately for our intermediate level students so that we actually teach them how to spar. And there's so much 
protocol and safety that goes with that. And because we're, we're part of the American Taekwondo Association, which is the largest martial arts organization in the world, we have a lot of liability that, that we have to ensure. And so right. we, uh, we have to use the top of the line safety equipment. Again, I heard Spence talk about that for football. They, they have the top safety equipment. Um, we spend the money on that because that's the, as an instructor, that's our number one priority is that the students are safe. Uh, I know that all of the parents, once they see the class, uh, just a couple of classes, they go, okay, this is not, this isn't the, the, this uh, isn't Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's not Cobra Kai. It's <laughs> not blood sport. It's not the things that Hollywood told me that right. it was. Even though I, I personally think that the Hollywood stuff is cool, <laughs> I, uh, that's not what we teach. Right, that's not right. what it is. It, well, speaking of Cobra Kai, right, yeah. I was doing a little research for this. Absolutely. Today, thinking about what I wanted to ask you. And, and, and one of the things that I read a lot about was the importance of picking the proper place to be trained and the proper instructors. Yes. Which made me think of, Daniel, Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> yeah, they're the good guys, and the Cobra and Cobra Kai, they're the bad guys. But when when a parent and their child are looking for a place to go, whether it's legacy martial arts or anybody else, what should they look for when making that decision? Yeah, number one is that the instructors are qualified, that there's some sort of a certification process and some sort of a hierarchy. Um, I all of our instructors can tell you exactly where their certifications come from. Any of our head instructors have to have over 300 hours of training under another certified instructor before they can, they can test for that certification. And I think that that's really important. All of our instructors have background checks every, and, and they're all homegrown. We don't hire from outside of our organization. Everybody started as a white belt with us and they go through the process together. And I think that that's really cool as an instructor, but it's also really important as a parent. As I mentioned, our, our four-year-old just started doing classes. I don't want my four-year-old to learn something wrong that's, that's going to affect him later in his life. And, and then I think a lot of times when you walk into a martial arts studio, you can see the culture almost instantly you can see, is this a family environment? Do you see families? Do you see other kids? Do you see positive reinforcement? Are the instructors encouraging? As opposed to the Cobra Kai thing that you see, which again, <laughs> I absolutely love watching Cobra Kai. The Cobra Kai I, remake has been fabulous. I think it's so good. I think they did such a great job of of kind of turning the tables mm -hmm. on you and going, wow, Johnny's actually not I, such a bad guy. I, I can, I can kind of justify where he's coming from. And I think that that's just truth in life. Like that's, that's what we go through. Sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we do something wrong. That's important for our students to know. We, we use positive correction rather than criticism. We use, um, praise, correct praise for our students. We, we highlight the things we, we highlight ability. We, Rather than highlighting ability, like, oh, this kid is great. You can tell he's kicking over his head. We highlight effort over ability. We want to see that, that someone's doing their best, their best, not better than someone else. And, and then we measure that improvement. Um, we, we, we set goals with our students right on the spot, right in class. And if you walk into a studio and you see that, you see that positive environment, that is going to be more long-term. That's how you know that uh, we, you can see when you walk into legacy, there's banners and you see all these championship titles that our students have earned, but that's just a byproduct of, 
of the things that we do every day. We talked a little bit about Cobra Kai and you talked about, you know, the movie industry and everything. The one thing I wanted to ask you about sort of a little bit of a segue to that was how has the popularity of Dana White and the ultimate fighting championship helped or hurt what you're trying to do in your, in your role at legacy? I think it's been great. I, have I, I mentioned that I came from the Ninja Turtle generation before 10 years before me there was the Karate Kid generation uh, before that there was the Bruce Lee generation and and we see and then there was after me there was Kung Fu Panda and there was and there's the growth of the UFC and there's um, Cobra Kai coming back that all of those things I think help our industry in a lot of ways because it just it it draws attention to what martial arts is and isn't and, and I think that that's good. And as long as you remember that it's all in fun, <laughs> Hollywood is going to put a fun spin on everything. No, the UFC isn't all but, that fun sometimes. I just watched right. the, the McGregor fight a couple of weeks ago. That was a tough one to watch. Yeah, that was, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, Connor McGregor is, uh, when, I, when I first started seeing him, I was a little put off by him because he kind of goes against the life skills that we teach. Um, he's very arrogant and Bombastic. he's, and yes. And, but, but then if you watch him long enough, if you're a true fan of the sport and you watch it often, um, and I've even participated in this sport, I've had some MMA fights myself. I understand the discipline that goes into it and the, the hard work that, that it takes and how, even when you win, you feel like you lose cause you got beat up the, you know, the night before and, uh, there are a lot of attributes about Connor that I actually love. He he is wise as a fighter. He there's something that you can respect about that. Even if you don't love him as a person, you can go well. He is an outstanding fighter, and he says things like precision beats power and timing beats speed, and that's that, that's so true. And we use that phrase all the time in our gym now because we want our students to understand that you don't have to be the strongest, but you can be better. You don't have to be the fastest, but you can develop other attributes. And that's really important. And, uh, he, he's, I think Connor is wise beyond his years, but, uh, he doesn't come off that way. If you only see, if you only watch ESPN, you see a different part of him. And really, I think deep down inside, he's actually a better person than, than he comes off. I, I think you're right. I think a lot of it is He's it's selling for show. himself. It's a show. Yeah. He's he's yeah. selling. He wants to sell tickets, and right. that's the fact is that that's he, he does a great job of that. Last question for you today, especially if you were to again, you, you, so much of what parents and children know about martial arts is framed by the movies, the MMA. And they don't know a lot about it. They just see the the ESPN highlights or they watch the the you know the, the movies. What is the one myth about the martial arts that you'd like to make sure that parents and kids understand? No, that's not true about this. Sure. Uh, there's actually, I think there's two myths. I think there's one that martial arts is all about fighting, especially in the movies and in MMA. You, all you end up seeing is the fight. We have a phrase where we say, train hard, fight easy. People don't see all the training that goes into it. And that the, by the time that you see it in the UFC, the fight is actually the easy part. Um, but that's not, there are no 
11 year olds in our gym that are training in MMA. <laughs> they're not, they're not training to get punched in the face for a living. That so, is so not what you're saying is the basketball the, players that are training to become LeBron James, but we don't have any 11 year olds who are training to become, uh, uh, John Jones. Right. Yeah. That's not, and, and that's not, um, I think that that's a true myth because a lot of, especially our parents would go, that's not what I want my kid to learn. I, I don't want him to learn how to, to fight. Um, that, that was my mom's biggest turn off to me starting martial arts. I told her I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. She was like, nope, I'm not going to teach you how to fight. And it, it actually took a few years of working on my mom as a, a six-year-old, seven-year-old wanting to get involved. And then finally, um, she, she just showed up. I think that's what's important is that you can just go watch a martial arts instructor teach. And that's what she did. And when she did... She was like, oh, okay, the, I see the, the life skills that you're learning here. I see the positive attitude that, that's going on in this place. And I see uh, the, the way that they're building children's confidence. And that's really important. So that, that would be myth number one. I think myth number two is that people think that they can learn self-defense overnight. That they think, okay, yeah, I'm just going to go sign up for this six-week course. Uh, we intentionally don't advertise that we don't advertise that we do any like self-defense crash courses. Um, I think that's something that's kind of hurting our industry is when some people will say, yeah, come do this self-defense course and it'll teach you, you know, everything that you need to know to defend yourself. And I it keep gives thinking of John Candy's character in the movie Stripes where he says, what is this, a <laughs> six-week program and I'll come it's out of here a lean, mean fighting machine? Exactly. And and unfortunately, there are people who, who try to teach that way. And, and martial arts is something that you have to train forever. I've been doing this for over 25 years, and I still have so much to learn. That's what I love about it. And as I mentioned before, I can always be a white belt in something. I can always learn more. And if I have that always training attitude, then I can always keep myself humble. I, and, and therefore, I don't go looking for fights. I don't, I don't think that that's something that I ever want any of my students to do is, is uh, think that they're a fighter. They're a martial artist. There's a difference. Thank you. This was very educational for me. And, and I appreciate you coming down uh, to, to participate today. And best of luck to you in the Nationals, too. Thank you. We're excited for that. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for my wife. She's, she's going to go compete for six in six different events in the martial arts events. She's competing. And then we have, like I said, a dozen students that are all competing for titles. So we're really excited for that. Good for you. That's uh, the end of today's podcast. Thanks for listening today. And you can catch other podcasts about youth sports by clicking on the podcast link on our website at muddyrivernews.com.